Okay, wishing everybody a good Shabbos. Parshas Vutkuvayro. Here we go. This week, start the two. We've got the ten markets. Long comes motion on. Paro is having a birthday party, and Paro's like, "What's going on?" It says two people. It said Asher men. Said, "Who are you guys?" Close motion on, and he says, "We're the message of God." And it's like, and what exactly does he want? It's like, oh, he actually wants the uh, the let to take the Jewish people out of Egypt. He's like, who is this guy? Me, Hashem, Hashem, Who is this Yudke Vovke guy of yours that has to listen to his voice? He says he's a new guy, he's an old guy. He said he's not a new guy. He's not an old guy. He created the universe and he created you. I was like, get out of here. So this is where the story begins. And it starts with Aaron coming, coming to take a stick, a stick, turn it into a snake. I was laughing in her face. It was like the third grade. They take a stick, turn it into a snake. Bring over the kindergarten. Everyone takes sticks, turns it into snakes. No problem. Then what happens? Rashi says that after Aaron's stick, after Aaron's snake turns back into a stick, he swallowed up their sticks. What Rashi didn't say is that their stick ate up, <laughs> that their snakes turned back into sticks. Why was it so? And because basically what was actually happening over here was that they weren't really doing real magic. It was just tricks, illusions. So the, sna- the sticks never turned to snakes. It only appeared to be that way. Iron stick really did turn into a snake and then turn back into a stick. And then his one stick swallowed up all of theirs. And that was also sort of a message from Pyro's dream. Remember that dream? Those skinny cows devouring the fat cow? The Jews beating this great and big nation? Well, this party is getting about to start. There's our one stick swallowing up the big ones. Prophecy's happening now. Are you ready? So, here we go. And that's sort of the introduction into the Ten Marcus. Now, power is going to have issues with questions whether really motion and iron are real and how real. <laughs> like, you get to see very, very funny things going on over here. With the power says, make for yourself a miracle. What do you mean, make for yourself a miracle? Shrebel brings from the name Elimelech. He says, if you're the real deal, do something that even you're impressed with. It's not something like less sleight of hand or some trick or something. It's the real deal, what you got. So here they go. Then they had, this is where they had. Now we get to, when you get, they said they were able to duplicate dumb, or at least to some degree, they were able to duplicate dumb and different ways to learn what they did, whether they actually they were actually able to change it or make it look like real blood or do something. But they were able to do what's cool to do something with it. Interesting shot, Sender Rosenblum. He says this. It's very interesting. We think the reason whether he can't, they couldn't drink by the first market was because it turns into blood. And who could drink, who could drink blood? But it's not what the public says. The Pasuk says the fish died, and since the fish died, it smelt up the whole place, and since it corroded the whole place, so therefore, therefore it's disgusting, and they couldn't drink the water. What do you mean they couldn't drink the water? It wasn't water. It was what goes blood. And it's like Rashi. Rashi says they're looking for a fool to drink the water. So what is he talking about? So his contention was that they were able to turn the water 
if they were able to turn the water into blood, they would be able to turn the blood back into water. I don't know if everybody would agree with that. It's always easier to cause a disturbance than to fix things up. But if we follow this paradigm, let's go with it. It says, okay, so maybe they were able to turn the blood into if water into blood, so maybe they can turn it back. But what's the problem? The problem is the water was already corroded. Now, they, why couldn't they deal with that? Because we know from Marcus Keenan that things too small they can't deal with. So that's the pasuk. The fish stank of the place, so they couldn't drink the water because of the bacteria and the corrosion. So Rashi, they were looking for a fuah to drink the water. And it is interesting to note that according to some, the main marker really was the fish dying. The main part of it, it may have only turned to blood for a short amount of time. Check out Daskanim and the Chizkuni, or Shizkanim, maybe others on this. It is not the simple way that we learn. Okay. Now, Paro says by the second Makkah, Moshe says, when would you like me to get rid of the frogs? What does a normal person say? Take it away now. What does Paro say tomorrow? <laughs> what do you mean tomorrow? So, one way to learn is that it was a tie with night, and night is a kachakishaf. He's like, let's see what you got during the day. That's one way to learn. Another way, that's what mentioning. A second way to, what goes second way to learn, I'll mention, based off the Seder had, what goes based off the Seder Haderis, and Shatim the in this cup, is this. Paro thinks that somehow or other, Moshe knows that frogs are leaving now. So he says, when do you want me to take it away? Like, let's take it away now. <laughs> let's see. He'll throw out that plan. I'll tell him tomorrow. Then let's see what he can do. So Paro's always wondering if what's Moshe, what's Moshe up to, what's going on over there. Even after Marcus Arba, he's like, Marcus Arba, so the, although the locusts ate like all the food, the Egyptians at least had one solace. They had all these dead locusts, and they take well, they, whatever, they pickled it and sold it, or whatever they were able to do. They said, at least we'll have some nice, juicy locusts for lunch. And, uh, but then what ended up happening was a miracle happened, and all the dead locusts flew away. Probably dead locusts flying away. But obviously impossible. Probably the whole plague was a mirage. But yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's not real. Uh, okay. yeah. And Paris always questioning this, whether Moshe is real or not. Even Adikadikach, he says, Machis Becheris, he has to say, Kichatais, because maybe Paris will say, oh, I don't know, according to my clock, 11, 59, 55 seconds, ah, the guy's a joke. You know, but basically, if they could think, okay, maybe Moshe's got magic, maybe Moshe's got stuff, but if it's God, it's going to be exact. And this is the stress that Paris was grasping for. Okay, so what Moshe, Paris is going to have his issues, and the Makas are sort of going to be the answer to that question. So let's spend a little time in going through some of this. Also worthwhile to note this. But what in the world, if you talk about like, probably we look at probably almost the lamest maka, or like the maka that probably whatever, no one even bothers talking about this like random, or if you had to pick one to live with, you'd have to pick Demer. Okay, like, you know, you do whatever, the animals die, and at least it didn't bother us and everything else. But what was the verse here, you know, with, with Demer? So number one, they, look, they all die in basically in, in an instant, according to some. And that's what's called, that's number one. And since there's disease going on, and outside, so it's not really good to be out, and all their animals are dead anyways, they can't really do anything. So what are they doing? So now they had to ponder the situation. And just like here was, here you had the fifth, 
you had a situation just like the, the fifth mark on one side and the fifth mark on the other side is send a message over here. In one second, I killed all the animals. In one second, I can kill all of you. And that's going to be the tenth marker also. And he had to ponder. This marker was here for you to ponder. Think, what in the world is going on here? You know, like, what's Hashem doing to us? What's happening over here? It's time to wonder about it. It's time to talk about it. And that's Dever. It's the same letters as Debor. There's time for them to ponder and speak and realize what's Hashem, what's going up to. Okay. Uh, one other interesting thing to note. Olti mentioned an interesting verse from the Dever Shmuel. He said this. It says, by, it says over here that Rashi and Erevan, so the world is a half an amma according to Hashem, whatever exactly that means. An amma is six tachim, and every tefach is five etzbot, which means that the world, that every amma is 30 etzbot. If the world by Hashem is a half an amma, it means the world by Hashem is 15 etzbot. Now, the Gemara says in Sachem, the world at large is 6,000 parzim. Now, we translate into Hashem's world, which is 15 etzbot, so then every etra would be 400 parsons. 6,000 divided by 15 would be 400. The Medrash says that Matrayim was 400 parsons. The marker that hit every square inch of Matrayim was Kinem. 400 parsons equals one etzba, and that's why the magician said it's etzba elokim. It's the finger of Hashem. Okay, so those are some interesting notes off the top for some of the early, what's called early markers. Now, what we want, do want to mention over here is, is this. We know in the Haggadah, we say that we say there's a Rabbi Yehuda gives a simon for the ten makas. And he gives a simon, the tzach adash v'achav. Now, what exactly was the pshat in this simon? So let's offer a few different pshat. I heard one of my name's sons, we've done a son venture from his Rosh Hashiva. When Hashem punishes, he first punishes further away, then closer, then closer until actually on the person. Blood is outside of you. Frogs dropping all around you. Tokinim, the lice is actually on you. First set. Adash, Arov, the animals are attacking. Never your own animals to die. Toshin, the bulls are actually on you. Barad, the hail is flying. And with the Arba, the locusts are all over. Until darkness so thick you couldn't even move. Until Makas Bukharit, game's over. Okay, so that is one shot. There's a famous shot of the morale. There's more to say about this morale when we discuss another time. But Yisem wanted to show he rules on all levels. Tetzach is all ground level. Adash is our level. And Bachat is coming from the sky. Hashem was ruling on all different levels. The Shemesh Mugen, and we're going to try to put this together. The Shemesh Mugen is going to bring a really interesting shot here. And he says this is corresponds to the cardinal three of theirs. And I think one thing we do want to focus, and I think we're going to do that in today's year, is realize that two things are going to be going on over here. One, before we get to the Shemesh Mugen, it was really a parish on the starts with an Arizal, explained by Rishimshin Master Polyam, and the Arizal is like a half a page, Rishimshin is two pages, Shemesh and Mugas have got over 120 pages to explain, they have a page, explain two pages, and uh, so we've got a couple of things going on over here. Number one, in the Arizal, in the cryptic words of the Arizal, he says that the Shemesh Dalat Ayin Beis, Tzadi Dalat Av, Chav Shinchez Beis, save the Jews. Now, anyone's quick to realize, 
Dalai and Beis are the first letters of the Tzachadash Bechav, Tzachadash are the second, and Chav Shinchat Beis are the third. So basically, this, he's obviously alluding to the Tzachadash Bechav over here, you know, in just a different order. So what, what's going on over here? He's saying the first Dalai and Beis, Tzachadash Chav you know, those were the letters that saved the Jews, and the Tachadash Rechav destroyed the Egyptians. What really is the difference? So, in the acute remnants in the Shemesh Amagian, but the point will be the same, is the Tach Adash Rechav, the Tach is Misprechad in 15, Adash is 14, and Rechav is 13. Numbers going down, destruction of Egypt. In that one, it's 13, 14, 15, and the numbers are well, the numbers are going up. So two things are going to be going on in Egypt. It's going to be elevating us, and this is going to be elevating us, and destroying the Egyptian. But it's not only destroying the Egyptian. The real threat for us here is bringing up our own Abuda, number one, bringing up our own Amuna, and smashing the Yitzhahara inside of ourselves. We know, ultimately, that when Yaakov took over, when Yaakov took over the Brachas, so he became Yaakov and Esau. So Yaakov was represented by the Neshama, and Esau was represented by the Gulf. And now we have that, on one hand, we have to keep on building the Neshama, the Amuna that's there. On another hand, we have to smash the Yetahara and everything of that nature. So for us, the travel is to go from our own Mitzrayim, our own Mitzah, the own things that tie us down, into Eretz Yisrael, I want to be a Jew. And this is what's going to be happening. Each Maka is supposed to be building our own Amuna and smashing the Yetahara, at least in our mind, and giving us Shi'ifas that we want to connect with Hashem and that we don't want to be servants to Parum. Any longer, the convert of the Machis is that we should be an Evid, an Evid to Hashem, and not an Evid to Paro. And the Tzachadash Rachav, the Rashi Tevis, Talmayim Beis, is the same Isis as Evid, and this is really where we're trying to go. So let's try to go through these things, and we're going to see. There's a connection, which we're not getting into today, between the Asarma Maris and the Ten Machis, and there's also a connection between the Ten Machis and the Asaratatibras. And the Shemesh, now we said the morale was focusing on to show that Hashem rules on all three levels. The Shemesh Amagin is going to say that the Tzach Hadash Rachav correspond to the Gimel Chamuras, Gilei Raish, Rechistavon, and Avedi Zarab. Interesting to know when you're lining it up against sides that actually, well, Ten Machis do correspond in some way to the Ten Machis, but the first two lines of the Aseris Adibus, this is where it's also good for Varsha's history, is uh, the first line is Anochi, followed by Lo Sirtzach on the other side. Under that, underneath that is Lo Yia, should have a Vedazara, and on the next line, on the corresponding line, is Lo Sinov. So the top four is Anochi and the cardinal three. And really what are the Marcus supposed to do? From the morale's shot, it's the building of the belief of Hashem. Anochi Am Hashem took you out of Egypt. You're seeing what goes that Hashem rules on all three levels. And the Shemesh Amogin, which we're about to explain, is going to correspond to the Cardinal Three, smashing our own Yitzhah and seeing what happens when a virus come to life. And here's how we go. The Tzach corresponds to murder. Inside murder, there are three elements of murder. There's taking a gun and shooting someone, clear murder. There's Lashon Haram, 
that has the power to kill. So we know in Parshish Kedosha, or for them, we know that you need two witnesses to prosecute in a court of law. Now, the Yitzhahara is always number one, but he needs someone else to speak Lashon Hara down here to be the second witness. So with the Yitzhahara and the Yitzhahara, the, the guy who's speaking Lashon Hara, that's two witnesses. That means if I am listening to Lashon Hara, I'm allowing the prosecution to take place. Hence in Parshish Kedoshim, it says, Lo selech rachel ba mecha, and Pasuk Fenisov, Lo samar adam riyacha. Don't speak Lashon Hara, don't spin around while your brother's blood is being shed. So, says so one is the killing, two is the Lashon Hara, and also we know giving a nickname or embarrassing someone in public, until he feels like the dust of the earth, all these things could be elements of murder. So the first set to tach is shag with murder. Dam, cold-blooded murder. Shardaya, the croaking, what's called the Lashon Hara. That's what the, the croaking, the Lashon Hara. That's what destroys and kingdom from the word makanim shem chavero, until he feels like the dust of the earth. That is the tzach. Now, let's spend, let's go, let's, Let's spend some time. Let's let's go. Let's spend some time. Let's go working on this. Over here, like this. The the let's go the tzach. Now here we know. Let's go back to Dum. What's going on here with Dum? With Dum, why did Dum happen? So all different answers. They didn't allow the, the, let's go, the Jewish women to go to the mikvah, turn the blood into water. They threw the babies in the water. So turn the, well, they turned the water to blood. Paro bathed in blood. You like blood? We'll give you some more of it. They put the babies in the walls. That's why there's blood also in uh, the stone, in the bricks. So those are some of the things that were going on over there. That's why the babies were thrown in. Oh, that's why Mach is dumb. Okay. Now, how we're starting to see over here with this with this particular maka is that yes there is the maka of dam hadam is isis mida mida connected mida you threw the babies in the water now your water is turning to blood you can't just do whatever you want rashi says the reason why he starts with maka dam is because he wants to destroy the god of egypt and the jew and the egyptians worship the nile but really, who's the real God? The Avdiyavadizara stayed on top of the Avdiyavadizara. Power really worshipped himself. And the Nile was the place that helped him make believe he's a God. Because, of course, we knew he went to the bathroom over there. So the Dafka of that place would get smashed because we're really smashing him. And Power, you think you could do whatever you want without having to answer to anybody. Now you're starting to see things coming back, Mida, Kenegan, Mida. And by the third day, the same thing. Third day is Gamacha and Midas. You know, you're seeing the Midas Hadid. You're seeing the judgment, Mida, Kenegan, Mida. Things coming back, coming back against you over here. You can't just do whatever you, whatever you want. And we'll see that further with the Tzradeh, because what was happening with the Tzradeh, the Tzradeh is also the Egyptians. As he goes with this. The Egyptians were very superstitious. They're starting to feel that everything they did in the murder is all coming back. They threw the babies in the water. The water's all red. Now suddenly the frogs are coming out of the water as if all those babies that he killed are coming back to life. Oh, and they ignored those cries before. They can't ignore the sounds anymore. What are they? The, babies, the babies were screaming. The parents were screaming. They didn't care. Yeah? You close your ears? Try to close your ears to these frogs. They're just croaking and croaking and croaking. You can't shut down these guys. 
and is starting to feel in their wild madrushim what happened over here with those babies, with those frogs where they actually were talking and saying, you know, like, because you did this, we're going to do this, freaking them out. And this is all as if, as if all the murder is coming back against them now. And all what you put all the babies and all the Jews you killed are in the ground. Now the ground is coming back against you. The ground is sending a place. So really, really freaking like a nightmare in Elm Street type of situation over there. But it goes even further in the Hashkava, the real smashing of Paro. Paro, you've, you've done terrible evil, Paro, and you have, and you'll be punished for that. But even that evil that you did, even that can't be done without what's called without Hashem. And there's a grand master plan. You think you're able to do whatever you want? It's not true. Even all those babies who were thrown in the water would get gulam from Dora Mabel. And all those babies who were put in the walls would get gulam from Dora Flugger in the Babylonian Tower. So basically, that is all part of the Hashkacha. You chose to do evil, and you'll be punished. But really, it's all Hashem. It's the ultimate smash on the, on the ultimate smash on the Hashkacha of that you can do whatever you, whatever you want to do. Okay, so that is, those are a couple of, some of the things with the, those couple of things with the Tzach. Furthermore, after we die, talking about death, after we die, you'll see when you look back at your life, now, well, remember, the Jew of us represents the Neshama, and the Mitzri of us is a, our guf and our selfish part of ourselves, because we are made of two parts, the Neshama that wants to give and the body that wants to take. And this is how it goes. So basically, we know, by Micah's dumb, two people could be drinking from the same cup. A Jew will drink in its water. A Mitzri will drink in its blood. Because when we, two people can do similar actions, we could eat, we could drink, we could have relations, we could do all these things. We do at the right time, in the right place, L'shev Shemayim, we're drinking water. The same actions in the wrong place, in the wrong time, with the wrong people, we're drinking blood. Every action we do is either connecting us to the world of Chayim, or the world of mothers, and all of this was in the Bechir that Hashem gave us. That was Magwatakha's time. The word also is, you'll see, even after we die, you know, normally, like the EKG charts, you could go up and down, slice and flat ways when you're dead. But sometimes we have actions that still have ramifications even after we die. And that is a symbol in the, in the Tradea. The Tradea over there is that sometimes you could say something or you could do something and there's still ramifications. So you could still jump even after you die. In the negative, the Tradea represents as the stipler said, Kass. person gets angry. He could just stay quiet. He knows he's going to get angry. It's only going to burn the flames, get everything going crazy a little bit longer. And you got one problem, another comment, two problems, four problems. Before you know it, you don't even know where the machlega started, but you can't get it back in action. You can't do anything with it. This is Kass. But Lush and Har is the same, especially today's day and age. Now, with modern technology, you tell the wrong person one bit of information, you could just with one click of the button, millions of people around the world could already know and see and who knows who knows what. That's in the negative and that's in the what's going to and her. In the positive is the Kaya Debo and the Kaya Terra. The Kayach over here that even in one word with the game says you can find the entire turn on the word gracious. Even in one word there's so much and there's so much to give over, whether it's a word of chizik, whether it's the brilliance of the Torah and everything else. Tzradeya, the Gemara, the Bobasa talks about the Talib al like frogs who are constantly talking in Torah. 
jumping, whatever it is, over here is the word Tzvardeya, the outer letters of Tzadik Ayin, Tzarech Iyin, the inner letters of Pshat, Remez, and Drush. So much more to see. The tremendous expanse that it starts at one, but it busts up into it loads and loads. And obviously, there's no coincidence that Rabbi Kiva, who's of that opinion, that's one, because Rabbi Kiva always sees the world as one, and everything that expands is all expounded from that. It's all, everything is all Hashem. And Kenim, what was the word over here with the Kenim? The scary thing is, after death, what do we see? After death? After death, is a scary thing that we can actually continue to have our own drives, but we can't fill them. We have this Gemara. The Gemara says that Unculus called up three people from the dead before converting. One of them was his Uncle Titus. And he said, Uncle Titus, should I convert to Judaism? And he says, no. And he said, you fight against it. He said, how'd that work out for you? And he mentions the Gehenna that he's getting for that. So it's an obvious question. What do you mean? You're telling us you're suffering, so go to get, you know, you had him, and now you're telling me, you're giving me advice that I should continue to do the same thing. So you want information, you want to know who's rewarded, the Jews rewarded. You want to know what's happening to me, I'm burning. But you ask me my opinion, my opinion doesn't change. Who In this world, you are who you are, you don't change. We had that, Sarvel so mentioned with this story, because the story of the Rochanan was getting rid of, getting rid of uh, Dibbuk, and the Dibbuk was cursing. And they mentioned what's happening to you for cursing, and then they get ahead of that the Dibbuk was getting. So why do you continue? So you don't understand. This world is your world to change. You can't change anymore. We know the story with Neville. He's even in Shemayim, but he's happy. He's ready to take her with Neville. He's happy with, to take her with, take revenge on Achav for you're giving, for killing him. He's already in Shemayim. What would you know, like whatever. Does it make a difference? No, because those traits, you have certain traits, he was, you're happy to fill them, none the way. Heard a story, crazy story, as Rebels mentioned, that someone had a near-death experience. And in the near-death experience, she was a smoker, and she came back to life, and after she came back to life, she quit smoking. Why? She said because she died, and she felt a tremendous urge to smoke, but she couldn't do it. <laughs> you still keep your own yates to hers, your own drives, even after we die. And that was a terrible, terrible pain for her. She didn't want to go through that, so now she quit over here. But the point is, part of the pain, that we can still keep those same drives, but we can't fill it. That's the front of the ground turning into life. Lice are itchy. There's an itch, but you can't scratch. So those are some scary things in that area of the Tzach. Obviously, going back to our first point in the Tzach, the vert is that the Hashkach of Hashem is going down to even the most minute detail, even to the tiny, tiny little life, and that's the first set in the Tzach. Okay, next set corresponds to Gilearias. Gilearias, that says about the Maka Arov, the animals came with the land that they're on. A couple of famous answers here. One answer is, what do you mean the animals came with the land that they're on? One is, there's an animal called the Yedoni, Mishnah and Kalayim brings down. Process he's extinct, I think the Sofez, and or somewhere in some crazy place, unless he's around somewhere that we don't know about. But we certainly are not used to animals like this, that an animal which is attached to the ground to an umbilical cord, and if you ever sever the cord, he'll die. So... What the Pasuk is telling you, that this guy came to, the animals came with the land that they're on, the land was moving with it. And then you say that shot, and I'm tired, take the Shemshim again, and uh, load in that truck. Okay, the The other way to learn is in the days of Elisha, there were bears that came out of a forest, 
to uh, kill the kids who were cursing Elisha. Now the question is, in Saita, what was the nace? Opinion number one is there were no bears, and bears magically appeared in the forest. Opinion number two is there was no forest, and Hashem created a forest to put the bears in the forest, take the bears out of the forest. Obvious question, why exactly do you need to create a forest to take the bears in, to put the bears in the forest, to take them out of the forest? Is in order for the kids, for the bears, to rip the kids up with all their geschmack, they needed to be the hometown. I'm not saying they were the Chicago bears, but whatever the situation was, they needed to be get the home environment. They needed to feel comfortable. So here all the animals are coming with all their environments, some coming with the heat and some coming with the ice. And if you ever see that Shaita Gada, that wild Gada, they actually have a picture of this over there. Okay, now, what's the lesson over here is? The second set corresponds to Gilearias. So Aravis, Tarubis, all the different animals coming together. Now, well, Let's think about this for let's go for a moment. Now, really, what's the pshat? The animals come with the land that they're on. So, one hand, you could say, okay, they're fine. They're acting like animals. They're getting involved with animalistic behavior, and they're destroying their own selves. As the next, let's go the next leg, dever. Dever, as besides that, Chazal says that the that the there of Arias brings dever la'elam. What happens by there is all the animals are dead. So you get involved with animalistic activity, it will ultimately kill you in the end, go to Gehenna and everything else. But there's much worse than that. Because when we have a situation, let's make it the, uh, the clearest attempts, the double adultery, where a married man is together with a ma- another married woman. So basically, not only are they messing themselves up, over here, they're destroying their entire environment, meaning they're destroying, besides the fact that maybe a monitor can be created from this, which is another problem, is even the family that's already there, destroying the house. This family is destroyed. That family is destroyed. It could be people could lose jobs. People would become to make a whole scene. All different types of terrible things could be going on over here. You don't realize this one action is not only affecting you. It's destroying all everyone around you. It's making a very, very big mess. The animals come with the land that they're on. And furthermore, the interesting thing of it was is that a person is committing adultery, what are they doing? They're going to someone else's house and they're making themselves very much at home in someone else's house. In a place that's clearly not your home, you're becoming very much at home. In this particular makam, they were, they were, these animals were very much at home. They came with their own environment even when they weren't at home. And that would be corresponding to that. Here's the, let's go, here's the story with the Ramah. The say is that the Ramah died at 33. And someone got in his head they should have 33 eulogies. And he got 32, and no one had any more to say. And he's like, if anyone knows anything, you must say it. I'll put you in care if you don't say it. So two people came up shaking. They said, we don't want to say this story, but you forced us. So now over here, okay. So what's the situation? He said, yeah, this is the story. The story was there was a big plague in the days of Ramah. And we came to Ramah and said, you got to help us. He said, I'll help you. But you can't answer any questions. You just follow what I say. He said, fine. He said, I hope no one dies tomorrow. But if someone dies, you just switch go, don't bury anybody, call me. So they call him, and he finds one guy. He says, okay, this guy, drag him around town. Everyone's freaked out because some people suspect that he was a lama of the but they can't argue with the Ramah. Later that night, this guy comes to Ramah, and he's like, what's the deal? What's going on? He said, what happened? He says, they were going to send me straight to Ganadin, but then uh, the prosecuting angel said, one second, obviously the Ramah's got issues with you, <laughs> so you can't go. So I came to find out what your issue is. 
He's like, sorry about that. I knew that was going to happen. I needed your assistance, so I wanted to uh, you know, call your dad over here. He said, fine. How can I help you? He says, we're having a plague here. We don't know what to do. He said, I'll show you. So two people come with him. They go to a cave. There was gila rice going on there. This is because of what's happening in this cave. That's why, that's why there's a plague in the whole town. The Ramal looked at this guy. The guy died on the spot. The Ramal, uh, another Ramal said, now we understand another story with the Ramal, where a guy's wife, you know, the husband left. And the Ramal said, he can, the Ramal said, he, she, she can get remarried. Don't worry about it. So I always wondered, how did the Ramal make up sacrifice? Now I realize that the Ramal looked at this guy and he killed him. That was the end. But the basic verse was, because of the Avera of Arias, it brings Dever, um, and where does it start from? It all starts because we're getting heated up on the inside. And that's the Makav Shen, the boils. And furthermore, although in the Elam Ataiva, these things are glorified and it's all, you know, in the highest of colors and the most attractive thing. But in real truth, with the real actions that are going on here and the real flippancy that everyone has for their own family and everything else, or for Hashem for that matter, it's really a very ugly action. And that's Makashen, where everyone looks ugly. Because if you're able to see the action for what it really is, it really isn't that glorious. It's really just the opposite. That's the second set, Adash corresponding to Avedizah Arayas. Last set is Bachav, and that corresponds to Barat Avachajek, corresponds to Avedizah Aveda Zara is either believing in one god or many gods, like in Arba, from the word Harbe, they're believing in many gods. And that's what that's one thing over there. The Barad and Chayshach, here you have fire and ice working together. Usually you'd believe in two opposite forces, and light and darkness working together. And over there, Makas Macharis was a culmination of all three of where the Aveda Zara was the strongest. Hashem killed the firstborns, and anyone who cheated, the firstborns died also. So that was That was the cardinal three sins together. And some of the lessons that go with Barat Arben Cheshach is Barat Sarah, so many t- sometimes we've got a fire inside, and we want to really do great things, but there's ice, the laziness that holds us, that holds us down. There is we have over the locusts, sometimes we have fruit, and we have a lot of big brachas. Certain affairs could extinguish that, could mess it up, or, you know, certain things could mess it up. You have Marcus Cheshach. One of the rabbis said, he said, the Pasuk said, they couldn't see their friend and they couldn't move. If you're not seeing your friend, you're not moving anywhere in life. And the basic, what's called vert of all these makas was this, was over here, was both, like we said, when Yaakov took over the brachas, Yaakov became Beni, what's called Beni B'cher Yisrael. Now, Yaakov became what's called Beni B'cher Yisrael. Now, what's the situation? Because since you, the, the Mitzrayim, are fighting and afflicting my firstborn, the Jewish nation, and what's the verdict of Beni B'cher Yisrael that we're here to represent Hashem? So I'm going to punish your firstborn. And just like Yaakov became the firstborn and became Yaakov and Esav, so too we, who are born in Egypt? Our job is to build, our job is both to let's take both to get to our job is to get to Eretz and bust out of our own with our own Yitzharas coming out of our own Mitzrayim, our own electrical side, our own difficult side, working through on one hand the Asetov, the good days, 
and fighting through the difficulties, the bad days, and it's all part of the tachlis. As one more pshat for us is, is that when did Yaakov get the brachas? Yaakov got the brachas on Pesach night. That's what, says, that's what Yitzhak says, your brother took the brachas with Mirma. So Mirma is Gematria Afikomen. One of the reasons we steal the Afikomen. Because Yaakov stole the Afikomen. On the let go of that night, so from Rehain, one other remez, and the Tzach Adash Machav is Ditzcha, you're happy, Adash from the lentils, Ba'ach from your brother. This is what we got over there. So we got to work through the Ditzcha, the good times, the Adash, the difficult times, the Diavelis, and the Achav. All the head Nashid is also from the word Achva in unity, and we're putting all of it together. So hopefully the vert of the Masha should be Ma'er, our Amuna, that we want to be connecting to Hashem, and we want to stay away from all the things that destroy us. So there, that was our discussion this week. Wishing everyone a good Shabbos. Parshas Ve'era. So share should be for Shalom, Bechol, and Shalomit. And uh, we'll speak next week. Be all right.